This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This uh, fight at CES 56. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, first, before we talk about the fight, man, tell us how this fight came into play against Nick Newell. Like, how did this fight get lined up between uh, you and Nick? Yeah, man, I appreciate you for having me on the show. Um, it means a lot, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, you know, uh, we were actually scheduled to fight on um, CES, I think 57. It was going to be out in Rhode Island. I was supposed to fight uh, Dylan Lockhart. And um, that show ended up getting canceled. So I hit CES up and told them, listen, I'm going to keep my camp going. I'm in great shape. I'm in great. Uh, my weight is on point for 145. I was only at that time. I was only like eight pounds out. And, um, you know, so everything was going great. And uh, I told them, listen, I know how shit goes. You guys got a you got a card the weekend before. You know, I'm going to stay in camp for these two weeks and just stay ready. And uh, if you guys get a fallout or whatever, man, just hit me up. You know, I'll, I'll be ready. And um, sure enough, like maybe an hour and a half later, they hit my wife up, who's my manager, and uh, they had that fight. And she was like, shit, send us the contract. We'll be there. So think, that's how it came about. You think more promotions should start doing that? Like have a backup plan, especially for a fight like that? Like, you know, a, a high-profile fight, even the UFC, Bellator, like it sucks when... You, you go in there, and I've seen this happen at a lot of shows. I'm sure you have, too, where, you know, you go to the weigh-ins, and one of the opponents doesn't even show up. That happens a lot around here. That happens an awful yeah, lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's more so at the amateur level, but at the mm. pro level, you know, you have you have crazy shit happen all the time. So I think for high-profile fights like Knicks or things like that, you know, that that's important to have for promotion. So CES is great. Um, I've been with them now. That was my second fight with them. I like going. Uh, they're obviously where i need to be right now um you know what i mean and uh i, I think i'm gonna come back in july we'll, we'll we'll see what goes down you know what i mean oh wow so you're you're still you're still ready to go in there i mean july's only what a month away now it's june 3rd you know it's one of those things where this fight was a tough one um you know my last couple about two years um i scaled my gym back to a training camp instead of a big gym because i own my own gym i scaled it back to just my training camp so there's no outside training there my uh my outside priorities had now went away strictly back to my my uh my own personal camp and um that's why this camp was so great and actually the past couple camps have been great um i'm just dealing with some stuff right now that uh some mental things you know and uh i'm at that point in my career to where i've been doing this for 11 years full time and uh not having fought in the ufc or bellator yet is really starting to weigh on me um it has been this past year so i've 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 now stacked up a couple l's in a row and um it's crazy because like i'm winning fights 
or at least feeling good uh, or up on the scorecards or initiating my game plan um, and then I end up getting caught or end up you know uh, you know something like that and um, it's been happening for the past five fights and I've strung together a couple losses now so I'm just at the point to where like you know I had a long talk with my wife after the fight and a long talk with all of my individual coaches and I said listen I'm not I'm not this I'm not the fighter that my record shows um, I, I came up in the era of fighting to where you just took fights whatever's on the table you eat and that's how this came this fight came about you know and it was a high more way more of a high profile fight you know even if like uh, a situation like my fight wasn't canceled as well Ooh, are you still I would, there? I would have. Yep, I'm, my bad. I, ju I just hit mute on my phone. No, it's all good. Um, I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I would have definitely still stepped up and took the fight on this one, even if my fight didn't fall out. So, it's like a thing of, like, I fight. And um, I have what it takes to make it to the highest level. And right here, this is the highest level that I fought at. And um, we're right there. You know, if, if I would have stuck to the game plan against Nick, I have a feeling that my game plan would have played out. It was what I started to do, inside leg kicks and throw my rear hands and stay standing. Like, he gets guys into this web, and he gets them in there and sucks them in, and then when they're there, you know, it's 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 inevitable. It's like it comes. Yep. And um, I've been really having a thing, and I, I feel like I kind of manifested it in the wrong way inside the fight, and I let uh, a little mistake uh you know, cost me the fight, but, um, you know, I just been dealing with a lot of mouth things lately and, and, and it sucks because the training camps that I'm doing have been excellent. My weight's on point. That whole thing is fixed. Um, my training as far as a whole from wrestling, the ground to striking, everything has been on point and I've been feeling really great in all of these fights that I'm losing. So, um, you know, I think I'm going to take the advice of my manager and my team and my coaches and, talk to somebody uh get get some professional um help just to help me stay on the positive side of things i'm i'm a strong individual when it comes to mental warfare i've been training that my whole life and um it's 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 at the point right now to where now i'm losing fights because of that i'm not losing fights because i'm out of shape or doing the wrong things i'm mm -hmm. making one mental error and it's costing me fights um, at, at the highest level when I know I'm better than this, you know, I'm a machine. So if I'm told to do something, I can do it at the highest level and I don't feel like anybody can stop me. And also, um, it, it was a tough one. And, and like I said, I also appreciate you for doing the interview today and, the, and this today instead of yesterday. I know we had scheduled it yesterday. I was just going through it and, um, I really felt this loss. I took it to heart. And, um, like I said, you know, I got paid to do it and, um, the payday was nice, and it's sitting in my account right now because I'm just not ready to do anything. This this has the the things that happen in this fight have to be corrected before I step back out there, and I think I'm already on track uh, to make that happen. You know what I mean? I had a long talk with all my coaches and my trainers and my manager and my wife, and sat down and I think we got a nice plan. And I'm going to talk to somebody, you know. And it's funny because like obviously. This is the, the fight game. So you deal with mental stuff on a daily basis. And I just seen that Nick Newell posted something. It was about his mental coach. And 
it's crazy because a lot of fighters I'm good friends with, like Daniel Strauss, uh, who was a Bellator world champion. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my homie. And uh, <clears throat> right before this fight, we was getting ready, the Lockhart fight. Right before this fight, he was like, man, I want you to reach out to my boy because, like, he really helped me, and he's a mental coach. He can get you, and he's actually a hypnosis. And, you know, we had started to talk about that. So I believe everything happens for a reason, and I feel like I really should have taken advantage of that mental coach at the beginning of this camp um, because I think that come fight time, um, I think I would have fought a little bit smarter rather than I, I, I let my emotion get involved and I went back to wrestling and that was not the game plan we wanted to do this guy's a good wrestler he's got look he tossed me in my back nobody has ever done that in my entire career you know I got 38 fights and uh nobody's ever tossed me let alone I've only been taken down one time in my career you know what I'm saying so that has the wrestling to be really frustrating too What'd you say? That has to be really frustrating, man, because and another oh, thing man. that goes into fighting somebody like Nick Newell is, you know, fighting somebody that has, I don't want to say disability, but that's got to be a little weird. Like, did that kind of stand out to you? Like, was it what you were expecting? Like, what was going you on know, in your head with that? Yeah, you know, it was one of these things to where, like, I stuck to the game plan in the beginning. Like I said, lead work to his, his weak side, land right crosses and inside leg kicks, beat up that front leg when we were doing it. And all of a sudden, for one second, boom, I went back into my wrestling. And as soon as we got there and he tossed me to my back and got on top, he did my move. What I work in the gym is I'll get people on their back and I'll hit that lockdown. I'll lock down that leg so they can't move. And we hit the lot, the move that I hit. Oh, man, it was frustrating. I sat in the guillotine, and the guillotine was tight. It was tight. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I relied in my BJJ and was going to stick to the BJJ. That's why I held in the guillotine for so long because um, it was tight. You know, and then um, – he did what he does. Like I said, that spider web, you get down in his world, and that's my world too. You know what I mean? So it really did a number on me. And um, it was just more of a – I took a standpoint of when we started the camp, like the week of training. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, so what can we – how can we exploit this this opening that he has? Yeah. Rather, rather than I should have taken it, we should have taken it from a level of, how does he use and how does he exploit that? Because as soon as we got on the ground, when I went back to tape, that's a textbook move that he hits from the, from the, from the feet to the ground. And he waits for guys. When he goes and takes the back, he takes it a certain way and puts his arm out there because he's only got one arm to post. So if you grab that, that's when the choke goes in. I didn't grab it. And the choke goes in no matter what. Because you're focused on a different aspect and you know it's it's one of those things to where I suffer from it but at the same time uh, it I don't want to say it was uh, hard to deal with but I'll tell you right now there's a textbook move and there's a textbook finish to that on both ends so when you say that there are you know men mental blocks in the way are you talking about inside the fight or outside because that's something that you know fighters deal with all the time whether they, uh, they're working a second job or they got issues going on with their girlfriend or their children right. at home, have an illness or something like that. So when, when, when you say you have mental blocks, without going too deep, what do you mean by that? Well, I'll be real. Um, 
it's not with me personally outside of life. It's dealing with there will be certain times in, in a fight to where you almost like doubt yourself. Okay. Um, you know, and, and I think that it's coming because I know what my capabilities are. And I know what I do inside the gym against great players, great athletes, great fighters. And to have it not relay out to the cage like it does inside of the room is the problem. Um, so it's not really anything me personally dealing with mental issues. It's more so of dealing with the self-doubt. And when that sets in, it's like quicksand. And it's like a tornado. It just wraps you up and cyclones you in to where... You almost have to tell yourself constantly that you are where you're supposed to be. And it's tough to know, you know, where you're supposed to be in the fight game because you, I have way more wins than I have losses, but not on my professional record. You know what I'm saying? And, and unfortunately, I'm a fighter, man. I take fights at weights that I shouldn't, you know what I mean, sometimes, because that's how I am. And it, it is what it is, you know, but, uh, you know, 145 is my weight class, you know, and, and, and at the same time I'm saying that, I feel like that's a mental block in itself. Why is 145 your weight class when you can size up to guys at 55? I think it's just a mental um, a mental glitch, you know what I mean, that for all fighters deal with, you know, and that's what I'm dealing with right now. So it's not too, too personal, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't want to put it like that. It's more of just a, a, sometimes self-doubt sinks in and I'll be, you know, I go for a takedown. That's when that self-doubt sunk in for a half a second in that fight um, because the first five to seven seconds, I'm on point. I'm laying the strikes, laying the strikes, and all of a sudden, I think about wrestling, and the self-doubt sinks in, and we're just taking them down, and that's not what we should have done. Well, there's a lot of fighters out there that everybody knows. GSP, I mean, there's a ton of fighters that have done uh, – mental coaching and is that the name of it mental coach or uh, an athletic i forgot the exact name for it but there are coaches out there that will help you uh get mentally right like you said with meditation now is that something that you do outside of fighting like are you into you know going on hikes and just kind of meditating getting your mind I am, right i am i am i'm, I'm about nature you know i uh, on fight nights and fight weeks and fight days i usually like to go be with nature and get the vibes from like an ocean or vibes from um the trees and nature like that you know i'm a, i'm about that um do i meditate <sighs> not as much as i should you know and, and i've and i've dabbled in it but at the same time <sighs> it, there's this if i'm gonna add something to my game it's gonna be possibly one of these coaches and i'm pretty sure it's you know there's a couple different uh terms for these for these guys some of them are professional uh hypnosis and and um some of them are are just psychiatrists are are professional psychiatrists and then some are just great mentors that know how to put it to you um you know so i have a couple of those in my life that that i've gained over uh made relationships over the years with that you know one of my ex-coaches that uh, he was in Chicago. He, he's a coach over at uh, Midwest Training Center. And I worked under him, and that was the guy who had me on point. Um, it just got too much to go back and forth and time change. You know, we're still good. I want to make it back. Their team um, is what it is out there. It's not what it used to be. But Alex is still a great coach. He was one of the guys that, and, you know, he's not, he's just an MMA coach, you know. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a guy involved in the sport, but, 
some come from there. So they come from all different areas. Um, I, I'm not sure who I'm going to reach out to. I'm going to talk to a couple of my homies that I have. You know what I mean? And I just think it will help. I just think that's why I'm losing these fights by small margins. You know, and not saying like that he didn't do it. He did what he was supposed to do. Um, and obviously, you know, he was using a mental coach as well. You know what I mean? So for him to, I, I, I kind of felt like he was dealing with a lot of the same issues that I was at the same time. And for him to be able to sit, weather a storm in the beginning, and go back to what he does best and does best inside of that cage, he pulled out the W. You know, I have a feeling that if we would have stood standing and striking, that I would have settled back, overwhelmed him, and probably put him out. You know what I mean? The same way he put me out as soon as I got down and, and in the mix with him on the ground. You know, um, people can say different things, but that's just the way I feel. And, um, you know, that was our game plan going in. That's why it was our game plan going in there. So, um, you know, and he had his game plan as well. And obviously, like I said, you know, I think he I think he was dealing with maybe some of the same issues that I was. And um, his mental coach helped him out. You know, and it, it was a funny situation for me, this fight. I only had my main MMA coach and corner man there. Um, my strength and conditioning coach was unable to make it and then my wife as well um this has been the first fight that we've been together very for eight years now she's been managing me for nine years um she had she was unable to make the fight my my stepdaughter um was graduating from high school and then my son was graduating from kindergarten so obviously she had to play the motherly role and uh, not make this fight how hard is that for for you to get out of your head like that, that, I talk to my co-host James McSweeney about this all the time. He feels more comfortable when his wife and his little girl are there rather than when they're not there because when they're not there, it's just on his mind. So it's like a comfort thing, also a mental thing as well. Does that... Are you not going to let that happen again? Was that a yeah, good, you uh... know, you know, it's it's one of these things where, as a fighter, I train for the worst. Um, you know what I mean. So I try to prepare myself for the mental warfare when my when it's fight week and my dog dies and and my grandpa's sick and my wife can't make it and all these things happen. We're still able to go on fight night and be prepared and together, ready to go do our job, um, which we were. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, is it something hard to deal with? Yeah. You know what I mean? My wife's my, the only reason I'm standing here right now, she pulled me out of the hood and, and got me into a different life and showed me martial arts and showed me the fight game. And, you know, I love, I've looked up to her ever since. And, uh, you know, she's one of the best in the let's, biz. Let's talk and, about um, that. Let's talk about that really quick. What is your story? I know we're getting towards the last couple of minutes of the interview. I don't know how much time you have, but I really think it's important to kind of hear a little bit about your story. How did you find martial arts, you know, growing up in the hood and all that coming out? Because if somebody runs into you, they see all the tattoos, they see the face tattoos. Somebody like me, man, right off the bat, without even knowing your story, I already know I, I feel like I can relate to what you've been through. So what is your story? Hell yeah, man. Um, I started martial arts and, and uh, back in 2008. I, was, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. Um, you can look at me and see the lifestyle that I used to live. I was in that deep 24-7, uh, you know, I was in the streets, I grew up in the hood. And, uh, you know, when I found martial arts, uh, it, it was like, uh, it turned something back on. I used to get straight D's in school, and then in wrestling season, I'd get B's and B's and A's and C's. You know what I mean? Then I'd be out, and I'm back in the streets, and that was the only thing that kind of pulled me away. When I found martial arts, 
um, you know, I was still in the hood and the streets at the time. My boys, one of my boys from school called me. I was like, yo, they're having a first fight out in Toledo. You should go check this out. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm cool. Hung up the phone. He called me right back. He was like, oh, man, you can make money at this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> what you mean you can make money at it? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I ended up going there, rolling for a couple minutes. The guy remembered me from high school um, in wrestling. And... Um, you know, it, it just, he was like, listen, you fight on my fight in two and a half weeks, and uh, I'll let you train here for free. I fought two and a half weeks, TKO'd my first dude, and I've been never looked back ever since. Um, I met my wife on my fourth amateur fight, and uh, from then on out, she started kind of, like, helping me out, lacing, and up, lacing up my fights, and then... Um, it was when uh, I was still back and forth to jail, too, at the time. Oh, wow. Doing, yeah, I was going back and forth in little trips here and there, and I wasn't out of that lifestyle yet. I went 15-0 and 0 as an amateur. I never lost in and out of the streets. And finally, when I got real, um, I got tired and sick of everything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Um, I moved three hours away from my two daughters back home, uh, who are now 12 and 13, and uh, I moved away when they eight years ago now, and um, I moved out here to Canton, Ohio, where I ended up. I moved out, met my my wife out here. She came and picked me up and uh, showed me to the real gyms and showed me the real life. And um, I've been living out here ever since. Now eight years, a hundred percent, completely different, full blown professional fighter now. Um, not in the streets anymore. This is what I do for a living. I'm a full-time fighter, and I've been doing it ever since now. Um, my wife has been in the game longer than I have. She's been in the game as a matchmaker now for 20-some years. Oh, wow. She's been a manager for a minute. Um, you know, she's managed guys all the way to the UFC. She, honestly, she single-handedly matched Jessica Eyes and Stipe Myosik's entire amateur and professional Ohio stand up yeah Ohio stand up yeah 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 so she knows her shit you know what I'm saying and uh like I said it's because of her that I'm even here and yeah it was a big thing to have her not there but at the same time this is what this is my life this is what I choose to do and um you know we were able to at least put on the performance that we did and and go out there and fight you know what I mean and that's all we have to do and and so you know it was it was his night bro it was his night you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's all it was, you know. But is it hard for Taffer not there? Yeah, man. She's a big part of my life and a big part of my fight life, you know. So we do this together. And um, it was tough. But at the same time, like I said, I'm accountable for my own losses. Um, it's nobody's fault all the time. And, you know, we sat down. Everybody had uh, I had a talk with my wife about business. And I had a talk with my, my main MMA coach and my second coach and my conditioning coach. I said, listen. We got to change this stuff, and I think it's in the mental part, and I think it's in the aspect of I need you guys here because if you guys ain't here, it puts a mental on edge. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it definitely takes a team to make a dream. You know what I'm saying? So 100%, I'm a firm believer in that. And like I said, it was just next weekend this weekend. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I love about the fight game. Even though... I take losses, and I'm not where I want to be right now or where I should be. Um, I'm still grateful for the opportunity. I'm still grateful to have gone out there and danced under the lights because at the same time, you know, as I'm going through the mental thing in the back, 
as soon as I'm put in front of that camera and I'm put out at that walkout, a flip switch, a, a switch flips, and it's and it's go time. And I'm looking straight in the camera and I'm doing my walkout and I'm doing my thing and it goes away. And I'm back on cloud nine and I'm walking to the cage and the rush is hitting me and we're good. And we go out there, we dap up and I, I walk straight out there and land the biggest right cross in the world. And then the inside leg kick and then another right cross. And then all of a sudden I get tossed to my back and within a couple seconds, a minute or so, I'm getting choked out. It's a crazy rush, man. You know yeah. what I mean? And and, it, and it's worth every minute of it. So I love it. It's what I do. Um, I'm just now at the point to where I don't want to step back in the cage until I'm ready to go in there and finish a fight because whether it be mental, physical, or situational, I need to turn things around. And, um, you know, I really felt like also, uh, you know, you've seen the fight with me and Dan. I felt like I did enough to win that fight, you know what I'm saying? So it was like a thing of this fight probably would have never happened if they would have, if, if, if I would have got the nod that night against Dan. You know what I mean? So a lot of stuff is situational, too, you know, as far as dealing with mental issues and things like that. So but I think that was weighing on me, too, as well, you know what I mean? So... It's just a lot that goes into this life, and I pour everything into it. And honestly, for my fans and the people that watch me and support me and the people that are behind me, um, it's upsetting. And I don't want to see them. I don't want to have to go take another loss when I can fix it. Um, so I'm taking this time to really focus in and dial the rest of the, the material that I need in. Uh, to really make it at the highest level. And the first step is making sure that all of my team and my coaches are there. Um, and then second step being, you know, I think I just go talk to somebody for a little bit, get a different perspective um, from somebody who's not attached to me. My wife is my wife. She's also my manager. My coaches are here with me every day. These guys have a love for me. I have a love for them. So I think I need to talk to somebody want to reach out to somebody that's outside of the circle that can maybe um, shine some light on, on my brain for a little bit, maybe, you know, see? So uh, that's what we're going to do. And like I said, this is what I do. This is what I what I was put on this earth to do, um, you know what I mean? So I'm going to take a couple of days off, refocus, and um, just get back to work, man. And, and I, I think that... Uh, the July show, these guys already asked me to come back, and uh, I don't know who the opponent will be or whatever. There's some things in the mix, but um, I'm definitely going to get back as soon as possible, And but within a time frame, that's going to give me enough time to be able to refocus and um, redial back in. And um, I think July will work out, man. And uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fighter. This is what I do. So if CES wants me to come out to Rhode Island and bang in July, I'm going to make sure that I'm ready because I'm ready to turn this shit around. And like I said, it was a great, I'm thankful that for the opportunity that they just gave me. Um, you know what I mean? And any other opportunity that they want to put in front of me, that's what I'm here to do. So they're a great promotion. I love traveling out there and to be honest with you like uh there's no more uh i gained fans out there i gained fans in the connecticut um area so i'm all about that 
I like it out there. And there's a bunch of good fans out there, good MMA fans out there. And um, I feel like I have a nice little, uh, a nice little stage for me right there to to come back out to. Whether it be there in Rhode Island, it's not that far away. So, um, like I said, I'm about it, man. I'm gonna get my shit together. And uh, this this loss uh, is gonna be my last one. That's it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different story from here on out. This is my last question to you. Were you able to catch John Gotti the third's fight, and what did you think about it? Oh, I did. I did. I, I saw he was he was like two before me, I think, or the, the two before me. And yeah. uh, I went out there. I was catching some air. And hey, man, homie's on point, bro. Like that was perfect. That was perfect. He's 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 uh he's following in footsteps the way he should. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I think he's got a he's got a bright future ahead of him. You know, really so. quick. What, what I saw after the fight that you went out with your buddies doing graffiti or something like that. Are, are you into the whole graffiti scene? Because I love that stuff. Ooh, snap! My phone. Oh, we just got cut off there, guys. That was Antonio Castillo Jr. He just fought Nick Newell. We just got disconnected, which is really unfortunate. I'm gonna have to text him back or something because my just lost connection. My phone just died. So uh, I'm going to have to call him back. But that was a great interview, man. Hearing his story. And I feel like a lot of fighters struggle with the whole mental game. And we see it in the middle of fights when if a guy lands, you know, a left hook and it stumbles the guy, you can see the mental battles going on until the other guy comes back and lands one of his own. It's, it's, it's a game like that, man. I find that so interesting. Even before the fights, what they're dealing with, whether it's their girlfriend being sick or not there, uh, cage side. The whole industry is so interesting when it comes to that. This is not like baseball. This is not like basketball. This is the fight game. This is as real as it gets. And only one person. You're, you don't have a team to blame. Well, you, you do. You have the gym. But you have no one to blame but yourself. And it must be really frustrating knowing that you were winning a fight and you make one mistake. And look at Chris Weidman throwing that, that spin kick against Luke Rockhold. I'm sure he tosses and turns every night about that and you were just here you're just hearing antonio talk about the one mistake that he made you know he had nick brought him into his own world he pulled his move so interesting hearing from a antonio man that was uh ces put on a great performance a great card great matchmaking and i i was just honored i'm actually working on the vlog right now for you guys so you can see what it was like the whole journey as an mma media member traveling up there Getting hype for all these fights that were on this card. Nick Newell on the card. Uh, Dan Dubuque on this card. John Gotti on this card. Uh, Pretty Boy Boyington on this. Like, this, this was uh, Double MB fighting right out here in New Haven. And, and right in Hartford, too. John Gotti, Jr.'s son, fighting. I ran to Patrick Borriello, who I got to meet a couple weeks ago with Damien and Chicky, DamienandChicky.com. Uh, this was such an amazing card. And I want to thank Antonio Castillo Jr. for joining me, guys. Later on today, I am going to be going in on UFC Stockholm. There's a lot to talk about there with the retirement of Alexander Gustafsson. And it's really hard to believe because there's there's guys like Uriah Faber coming back. People retire and come back. But Gustafsson, man, I can only imagine how frustrating it is. And I even called it. I called it a couple weeks ago when this fight was announced. I said, you know what? Gustafson has a lot more to lose here. We've heard him mention in the past that he was thinking about retiring. Remember, he took a little while away from fighting after the DC fight. Almost, what, two years? You know, you lose to a guy 
in a rematch like John Jones, you want to get back to that spot. What better way to do it than fighting another guy who just lost to him? That was a great fight, and I think it was really impressive, Anthony Smith being able to beat Gustafson when Gustafson was just getting loose. We were just about to see Gustafson at his best. And this fight, you know, in that first round, Gus played a little slow. He's learning. But that, he was winning that fight. He was winning that fight. And to see what happened happen and him retire, it's just a shame. We're losing one of the best in the division. And, and people get so crazy. Oh, he doesn't have anymore. Dude, he's fighting at the top, the elite of the division. He's been in the UFC for, I think, 10 years now. Taking out some of the biggest names. Robert Teixeira, Shogun, knocking dudes out. This is the top of the top. It's a big loss for us, guys. So, uh, uh, Alexander Gustafson, man, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Keeping us at the edge of our seats, getting us excited. And this year, we've been at the edge of our seats without any really big superstars doing it. We've had amazing matchmaking this year between UFC, Bellator, even these regional promotions like CES, Cage Titans. Uh, Reality Fighting had an event this weekend. PFL, World Series of Fighting. Uh, I actually got to meet Paulie Malinaji this weekend as well. He showed up for John uh, the Third's fight. Show up a little late, but and you know what? I spent the uh, I spent the night after the fights. I went to go uh, out to dinner. I was going to go to the after party, and I actually had dinner just me and John's coach, John Gotti the Third's coach, and we sat there and talked for two hours. What a weekend it was, and I'm going to try to get him on the show as well to talk because uh, he has a lot of knowledge. And I thought what we discussed was very interesting. We were talking about, you know, people reaching out to John about doing interviews, even ESPN want to do an interview with them. And you know what? You look at people like Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, and you can see what the media obligations can do, what a distraction it is. So I think it's really smart to keep that at a minimum right now for John just be able to go there, focus on his fight, get the win, because now they're going to want the interview even more that he won the fight. So we, we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. I'm going to be talking about a little bit later on. Today, we're going to be doing episode number 224 of Pure Evil MMA. So I want to thank again to Antonio Castillo Jr. for joining us on today's show. Very interesting interview. And guys, make sure to subscribe down below. Oh, follow Antonio on his Instagram as well. Let's see what his Instagram is. The Mexican Muscle. There you go. See it right there. And if you're listening on iTunes, Podbean, Citrus, Spotify, it's The Mexican Muscle. Uh, do I need to spell it out? Do we have any third graders listening? Uh, <laughs> search the Mexican muscle on Instagram. And that does it for me here today, guys. I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA, pureevilmma.com, where you can get all the latest MMA news and interviews, tweets of the week as well if you don't want to go through Twitter. And last but not least, guys, you know what it is. White knuckles till the end, and without evil, there's no purity.